Real Men Connect, Episode 67. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and even in your community. Today, we have with us a good friend of mine by the name of Robert Leatherwood. Robert Leatherwood is the author of The Parable of the Iron Man, The Transformational Power of the Mentored Life. Robert is also an Iron Man competitor and finisher himself. Today, he enjoys the sport of triathlon with his young adult sons. He's also the founder of the Kingdom Builders Athletic Team that helps athletes to run a race for charity and also to build churches. In addition to the parable of the Iron Man, Robert is also the author of several books, all stories that teach a lesson. He is an advocate for the cause of worldwide discipleship. He's also the senior development officer for International Cooperating Ministries, better known as ICM a ministry that resources developing of third world churches and nurturing believers. Robert recently celebrated his 30th wedding anniversary to his beautiful wife and high school sweetheart, Sherry Leatherwood. And they're the proud parents of two adult sons, David and Taylor. Now, I met Robert over a year ago through some mutual friends in a ministry mastermind group that we're still part of, and I now consider him a dear friend. This humble but amazing man of God has a heart for men and men's discipleship through mentoring. I invited Robert on the Real Men Connect podcast today to share his wisdom on not only how to effectively and successfully mentor men, but also on how to be a successful mentor. So with that being said, welcome to the show, Robert, and thanks for joining us on Real Men Connect. All right, man, Joe, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, just for your crowd to know, I, it's a, a pleasure to be on your show. It's a privilege to be on your show. And and I, I consider you somebody who's uh, just a couple of steps out there uh, ahead, kind of leading the charge uh, for really making a difference with men. So thank you. Well, I really appreciate that. And Robert, you know, um, the idea for Real Man Connect was birthed um, several months ago, probably almost a year ago. And when I launched the show, I knew you were one of the first people I put on my list of who I wanted to have on the podcast. And I'm glad that we finally got you on. Can you believe we're already now 50 episodes in? <laughs> oh, I tell you, man, can you believe that? I, so, I, I can't because uh, I remember I was there when you were, were launching this thing. So outstanding. Congratulations. So thank you for being here. And so we're going to jump right in. But before we get started with the interview, Robert, I always ask my guests when they come on to share with us their favorite Bible memory verse. And I can't wait to hear what yours is, because to me, I admire you and respect you so much as a mentor of men. So what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Oh, thanks for asking. Great question. I love Second Chronicles 16, 9. And the reason for this is it's just a uh, it's a summons of hope. It reads like this. I, I, I give you the King James Version. I hope your folks love that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, it says, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is fully his. 
And I love that verse because it, it says that God's looking. God's looking for some vessel, some tool, somebody who has a, a heart who's, who's, who's fully open, fully his. And that life is the one that he will prove his power through. And that just excites me because uh, one of the things that happens is, is we have a tendency to d disqualify ourselves. Right. We begin right. to look at ourselves and say, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. But uh, God's looking for hearts, hearts that are fully his. He says when he finds one like that, you're qualified. And uh, so I take a little bit of hope of that because I don't have a lot of competencies in this world. The only thing I got is, is a surrendered life to Jesus. <laughs> and you're more than humble because I know you, Robert, and you have a lot to offer the body of Christ, especially men. Now, Robert, before we, we get into it, uh, I, I was sitting here when I was doing my research and trying to gather up information and how we're going to lead this discussion. You know, I was thinking for the most part, most little boys don't grow up saying to themselves, when I grow up, I want to help men become mentors and mentor other men. So there's usually a story behind it. So, Robert, if you could, let's start us off by sharing with us your story about what inspired you and gave you such a heart for ministering to men. My story is that I found myself stuck. Uh, just stuck in, in faith, stuck in my life. I mean, I was in a rut. I was, I was a Christian. I had actually been in ministry and I was, uh, I was burnt out mostly because I wasn't overly connected to God. It was kind of a little, I don't know. It was that rut of ritualism and, uh, I had allowed my faith to grow stale and it was a mentor that came and saved me from mediocrity. <laughs> saved me from this rut that I was in. And uh, that began my journey. I was literally on a mission trip with uh, a man of God who, who got me by 30 years. And I just absolutely respect the man. And he had a routine in the morning. He would get up and he would uh, he'd go to the gym. And while he was at the gym, this is where he would meet with God. You can imagine this. We're, we're in Africa. We are out in the boonies, man. I'm telling you, when you think about uh, just being in the middle of nowhere, that's where we were. We were at a hotel, and uh, my job was to take care of our donors. And uh, so I had to find out what time the, the gym opened. He says, well, I, I figured it out. I said, it opens at 6. He says, I'll be there. And I said, I'll join you. Mm -hmm. And I joined him in the gym that morning. He was on a, a little stationary bike, and I was on the running machine. And what happened next changed everything. He, uh, he starts calling out verses out loud to me. You know, he's just verse after verse after verse. He's just bringing it. You know, he doesn't have a Bible in front of him. These are all coming out of his heart and his soul. And then he looks at me and he says, hey, Leatherwood, what do you got? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, hey, Leatherwood, what do you got, man? What do you got? Wow. And, uh, so I threw him a bone, man. I gave him the, the good old faithful, you know, John 3.16. And <laughs> that satisfied him for a second. But I'm thinking to myself, come on, Leatherwood, you can do better than that. Uh, you know, what do you got? And uh, I was able to give a few other verses that I had in my heart. But you know what? That was the first day of the week. We spent a whole week together, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, exercising, but using all of that good energy for uh, abiding. And he literally taught me the art of meeting with God. And uh, he modeled it. He didn't just teach it. He showed up, and I, I got news for you. After we were done with the verses, then he just, he didn't even ask my permission. He just started praying. 
out loud. Right. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's quoting verses. Now he's praying. He's praying about our day. He's praying about our, you know, what we have to be doing and, and, and just praising God for his, his wonder. And, and that began my journey because I began to model it. When the trip was over, I had I now knew what to do as a man of God. I knew how to um, to show up and, and meet with the Lord. Now, here's the next thing that happens. Okay, so I'm doing this morning routine for, for about eight months. And uh, and what happens next is that I'm with a man, and uh, and he he's 13 years older than me. And he asked me if I would mentor him. <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I looked at him and, and I said, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you right, want me right, to mentor right. you? I don't know what to do. And I, I kind of tried to push him away. He says, well, will you just meet with me? Will you just go have coffee with me? And I was like, yeah, I suppose I can do that. You know, you want to have coffee with me? He says, yeah, just meet with me. And in the next two weeks, three other men asked me if I would mentor them. Now, come on, Joe, be honest. When's the last time somebody asked you to mentor them? It doesn't happen very often. For some people, it will right. never happen. Right. And But I'm not. I'm a little slow, but I'm not a complete idiot. And I, I was like, God, you're up to something here. What, uh, what are you doing? I mean, for, uh, the, I'm not even going fishing anymore, Joe. The fish are jumping in the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of flabbergasted. I talked to Dad, my Heavenly Father, about it. I said, God, what? What's, what's, what, what are you doing? What, what, what do you want me to share with these guys? Why would they ask me to be their mentor? And you know what it was? It was the morning routine. Literally that the man who mentored me into this morning routine, that's what God, God says. They need to learn how to abide. They need a morning routine. They need to know how to break through and meet with God. That's what the curriculum is, Robert. Teach these men. And you know what I've been doing ever since, Joe? Uh, I have been taking men into my morning routine. And I've taken over 50 men in the last probably seven years. Um, I, 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 I spot them. God brings them to me. He whispers in my heart and in my ear. And I just kind of say, hey, how about you? And I have a conversation. I can, I can find a guy who's stuck uh, because it takes one to know one. And I was mm-hmm. so stuck and I didn't know what to do. And the mentor showed me, and then I've just been paying it forward ever since. And that's how it began. That's how I began mentoring with four guys asking me to mentor them. Now, you know, Robert, I've known you now for over a year, and I did not know this story. That is, that's amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Now, and now uh, I, I hope I'm not being presumptuous on this. Was the guy you talked to, the one you, who initially met you and was doing, working out with you, was that Dr. James Gills, the guy you no, mentioned? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. James him. Gills is my mentor. He was the guy who's, who's 30 years ahead of me. We were on a mission trip together in Tanzania. Okay. So, yeah, because you mentioned him in the book. And I and before we get to the book, I wanted to ask you about um, Dr. Gills, uh, because sure. obviously now that it makes perfect sense why you were so you, you so focus your acknowledgments on him. And now is he still living? He's still living. He's uh, he's a- turning 82 this August. And he is uh, by far the most accomplished man I have ever met. Now, are you still in contact with him or have you guys? Absolutely. Have- he is a mentor of mine. I, I'll be with him tomorrow. Uh, our relationship is, is I mean, I've been with this guy now for 14 years. And so it's wow. quite a long wow. run. So it it's had its ups and downs. You know, I only meet with him about once a month now. But there's been times when I was meeting with him every week or twice a week. You know, so that's that's been a real joy. 
You know, and already I've been taking notes, Robert, as you've been talking, and and I don't want to jump into some of the things you've already said because I know you're going to unpack that for us a little bit later. But let's get into the book, okay? I tell you, I before we even came on the air, I started reading your book, and I got to tell you, man, you are a phenomenal writer. I told you that, and I'm already into this story. I love the way you you tell parables. I'm glad that and that seems to be your forte. You like telling stories. I do. But I want to know. Um, tell us a little bit about this book, for our listeners can understand the parable of the Iron Man and why you wrote it in the first place. It's it's not your usual book. I, um, if you want to go there, let's go there for a second. I had spent five years writing a book on mentoring. I had twenty chapters to write, and I had written eighteen of them. Joe, eighteen. Mm-hmm. I'm two chapters away from finishing my book, and I look at my book and I hate it. I don't <laughs> oh, even no. like my own book. I was <laughs> right. like. I don't want to read this book and nobody else wants to read this book. I said, I asked myself a different set of questions. The, the question I asked myself was, what have been my favorite books over the last uh, three years? And my five favorite books were all stories that taught, all stories that taught. And so I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take all of this information, which is just, you know, is this word vomit. And I want to put it into and weave it into a story that captures people's imagination and then they can actually get the information without even trying. It's just written into the story. So this is a novel. It's a novel that illustrates and kind of models the value of a, uh, a mentor. So the subtitle of the book is, is, is fascinating. It says the transformational power of the mentored life. And so what ends up happening here is you've got a story of a, a young man who's who has a real attitude. Uh, he's a, a super prolific athlete, but he also has had an injury in his life, and he's got an amputation of uh, his right leg at the knee, and um, he is got this bitterness inside of him. Uh, he's That's an understatement. Very, very unhappy Christian. Yeah. He is, he's ticked off at God, to be honest yeah. with you. I don't know if you can be a Christian and be ticked off at God, but my guy is. Yeah. <laughs> and so... He's kind of asking this one question over and over again, and he can't get an answer to it until a little bit later, but he's trying to ask, if God is so good and God is all-powerful, then why does he let this bad thing happen to me? This is a classic question, but the book answers that question. If anybody out there asking, why does God let bad things happen to good people, this book answers it because it's really about the the message of uh how God uses the thorn in the flesh, Mm -hmm. a thorn in the flesh, to amplify the spiritual impact in the life of a believer. So what ends up happening is is that uh, Ace, who is the main character, he is stuck. He gets into a mentoring relationship with a man who understands not – he's also an Iron Man. So his, his mentor coaches him through the physical dimensions of getting prepared to do an Ironman race. But because he's a spiritual man of God, he also teaches him uh, what it means to the spiritual metaphor. And uh, everything that we're doing in the physical realm to prepare for a race is exactly the same things that a man of God needs to do in the spiritual realm uh, to mature there. So there's an incredible parallel there. The reason I wrote the book, and you asked that question, is this. Uh, over the years, I've developed a, a little bit of a, a pet peeve. And my pet peeve is, is when I show up at church. Now, I've been going to the same church for 20 years. So I, it's a nice, you know, we got 2,500 members. For going there for 20 years, I know these guys. 
I know a lot of these guys. And there are guys that I believe in my mind's eye who I know are capable of mentoring. They have a maturity about them and they've got something to offer. And yet I see these men in the church pews and they're not mentoring. And I look at another group of men in the church, the young men who desperately need mentors. And so um, it just got inside me that what's the problem? Why aren't these older men reaching out and doing the job that's needed, so desperately needed? And I just began to understand that they just didn't feel prepared. So I've started a, a ministry called Master's Class. And Master's Class, the byline is training Christian mentors. So what I've been doing for the last four years is, is looking for people who fit this profile. You know, they're, they're, they've been in the faith, they have something to offer, and they just need a few tools to help them begin the mentoring journey. Now, what ended up happening is, is that I started training these men. And uh, I've, I've had four years of classes. But the problem with the class is, is that uh, the class is fantastic. It just doesn't have a book. <laughs> and the men would look at me and say, Robert, we need something. We need, uh, we need some written materials. And uh, birthed out of that came this book. Uh, to answer that, okay, I've, I need something a little more concrete. I just a need, a need for men uh, who are studying the art form of mentoring. And so the book is born. Well, and I got to tell you, um, just I'm not even a big fiction reader, but I told it drew me in and I can't wait to finish the book because the way you tell this guy's story and, and I guess because you could see a little bit of yourself in him when you've been frustrated yourself about questions that you have for God that you're not getting answers to. So I don't want you to give it away, but I can't wait to finish the book. Now, I want to I want to get into some of the questions about mentoring. And, and Robert, you've mentioned this several times and you keep mentioning the word mentoring. And I want to know what's your definition of being a mentor and how is it different from discipleship? Because in the church realm, we always hear go out and make disciples, go out and make disciples. But we know a lot of times for the people who are not of the Christian faith, they don't really understand and get the meaning of discipleship. And so I often like you use the word mentor as well, but I'm hoping I'm not misusing the phrase. So what, how would you define being a mentor, what a mentor is and how is it different from discipleship? Um. It's not different than discipleship. It's a component of discipleship. So when I look at discipleship, uh, discipleship is this huge umbrella word that, that, that takes a man. I call it the Jesus journey. And if you will, just li listen to me here for a second, because I think there's going to be some people listening who, who are on the Jesus journey. And what ends up happening to a guy is to say he's a non-Christian. He's going to bump into a catalyst, a, a source of light, a, a, a somebody who's got the Christian faith that's impressed him. At that point, that begins his Jesus journey right there. He's a non-Christian. He meets somebody who's attractive, uh, somebody who's got something that, uh, that he wants. What ends up happening next is, is he, he eventually might end up at a church investigating. In my church, we call these people seekers. We invite them to come to our church. They haven't made a decision yet. So they're there and they begin to, shall we say, date God. They're, uh, they're investigating. And that could take uh, anywhere between one week and a, and, a, and, and, a, and a year. You don't know how long. But that person could be in church and eventually they'll, they'll make a decision for Christ. And once they make the decision for Christ, they're still sitting in church. The next thing that's going to be uh, growth in the discipleship thing is, is that they're probably going to end up uh, in a small group if they want to grow. Otherwise, they'll plateau. If they don't hit the small group, 
just the church experience will only take them so far. And after three or four years, they'll be like, I don't, I don't get anything out of this anymore. Right. So the man right. who's, who's, who's been going to church and has never been to a small group, he needs to realize the next step is small group. After small group, he may also plateau. And the next step then is, is that he's going to have to give back. So he's got to begin to serve. Um, so now you've got a man who's been through small group. He's connecting with God greater levels. Now he's expressing that through serving. The next phase is going to happen. He's also going to plateau right there. He will plateau in service, and he will eventually get frustrated inside himself. He'll have a gnawing inside of himself, and he, he knows that there's something more. And he'll end up in a rut. I was in that rut. I was in the rut. I had been through the small groups. I had been through the service, and yet I was still stuck. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where you need a mentor, and a mentor is one-on-one. -on -one. And so that's the – I guess what I'm saying is, is I don't believe men will reach their full maturity without a mentor. Uh, it's really hard to do it without a mentor because that mentor will help you see things and go f further faster. When I think about mentoring, um, it's, it's done primarily one-on-one. -on -one. It can be done in groups of three, but so that's the difference. And I want to encourage small group leaders out there because what's the primary purpose of, of being a small group leader? It's to identify the ones and twos that you can meet with one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, as a small group leader, you want to develop an eye and realize that, hey, my meeting that happens on Monday night is not the big deal. My meeting on Monday night is helping me identify the guy who is really hungry, who I want to take to lunch with sometime this week and lift him up. Now, let's talk about mentoring just another second here because uh, there's different types of mentoring. And I, I mentioned that in, even in the foreword of my book because there are what I call master mentors. Mm -hmm. A master mentor is somebody who is intentional about making disciples one-on-one. -on -one. They know what they're doing and, and they live a life of intentionality. There's another set of mentors that I have in my life that are just called my uh, admired mentors. An admired mentor is somebody, it can even be an author. An admired mentor is an author or somebody that you've identified, you hear them speak, you're watching their life and you, without having a formal relationship, you are trying to imitate them. <laughs> If they've written a book, you've read it. If they said something, you're trying to implement it. Um, there's another set of, of mentors out there that I call your your Barnabas uh, or your uh, they're your peer mentors. They're your colleagues. These are the men that you rub shoulders with, and um, it's a little bit different relationship. And then finally, the the, the next group is uh, what I call the uh, Paul Timothy relationship, and this is somebody that you are mentoring, and uh, I believe. In order for each of us to reach our maximum maturity, we need to have a mentor and we need to have someone that we are mentoring. And so um, it's basically, it's different than teaching because it, it, it implies apprenticeship. If you're mentoring, you're an apprenticeship, which means that uh, it's a little bit more than book work. It means you're with the guy. Jesus had his disciples with him. Half of all of their learning was just watching the guy. Uh, the other half was listening to him teach his lessons. But I, I just want to say when it comes to mentoring, more is caught than taught. Right. And the golden rule of mentoring is you, you cannot impart what you do not possess. So the first step is to make yourself godly. And uh, once you've done that and you made yourself a holy man of God, you've got something to give. 
And Rob, I got to tell you, I've been taking notes feverishly, man. You've, you've dropped so much. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm in this field and I have a heart for it that I'm just listening to all the wisdom that you're sharing. And I'm writing down a million things a minute. And so, but one of the things I want to go back to before we get a little bit deeper, because you answered a lot of questions that I had already. And so um, I'm going to go back and touch on some of those things. And one of the most important things that you mentioned that is a question I was going to ask, but you already answered it, is when do you need a mentor? And if I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, what you're saying is that, you know, you need a mentor when you get stuck. Is it just that or is it more than that? It is completely more than that. You, you okay. realize you need a mentor when you're stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, one of our mentors, the guy that we do our mastermind with, his favorite line, Tom Wolf, is is that every great coach needs a coach. Right. And um, so I just want to suggest to you that there's never a time in your life when you don't want a mentor. You want somebody like that. And I, I just want to put it, let me give you an illustration here. If you can think of the Olympics, we're about to have the Olympics right here next month, right? And it's going to be a big deal, and we're all going to be watching on TV. And But I just want to make the confrontative observation that there probably isn't anybody on the American Olympic team who doesn't have a coach, if not two or three coaches. Most of these people on the Olympic team have two. They have somebody who tells them, when to eat, <laughs> what to eat, when to go to bed, what exercises to do. I mean, they got coaches in their life. Now, just follow my analogy here. I, I'm making the, the proposition that I don't think you can even make the Olympic team if you've never had a coach in your life. You think raw talent is enough to get you on the Olympic team. If you don't have a coach, you won't reach your highest potential, hmm. not as an athlete and not as a man of God. Um, you need these mentor coaches. They help you go further. They help you go faster. They'll see things in one moment that you might not see in a lifetime. It may take you months or even years to crack that riddle. But if you'll bring a, a, a mentor into your life, it's going to help you increase the capacity of your soul. So basically, so you're right. So it's more than just being stuck. It's helping you reach to your full potential because you're absolutely right. No athlete in the Olympics made it without a coach. <laughs> and no. we consider them the top of their game and they're the best athletes in the world. So that makes exactly. that makes perfect sense. But let me ask you this, Robert. Obviously, when you met um, Dr. Gill, you know, you guys were serving together and he ended up kind of like by osmosis in a little bit. It just kind of naturally formed into a mentor-mentee relationship why do you think most men are afraid to approach men about mentoring them when they know they need a coach, they know they need a mentor? And what would you suggest to that person who knows they need one, but just won't take the step necessary to reach out to one? There is a fear uh, because we all have little dark pockets in our life. And where do you want a mentor? You want a mentor to help you get past that area you're stuck in. And the area that you're stuck in, you're probably embarrassed about. So. But Jesus Christ and the scriptures teach us that, uh, you know, everything that remains hidden uh, remains under the power of darkness. But everything that's admitted into the light and and brought to light, then the healing power can come. And so it really just gets down to, you know, how desperate do you need to get before you are willing to tell somebody about your trouble? I just want to suggest to you that you don't have to hit the bottom, you know. There isn't any sin that's not common to man. And um, so you want to identify somebody who you respect and then you approach them. Now, let me 
just mention this because I want to talk about how to get a mentor. Because um, you're, you're asking that very question here, how do you get a mentor? And I have a, a little bit of experience with this because I want to suggest a few things not to do and a few okay. things to do. First thing is never, ever ask anybody to be your mentor. <laughs> okay. that have, now, of course, you're going to have to explain that. <laughs> I'm going to have to explain that. Never ask anybody to be your mentor. That is crime number one. So um, that's not how you get a mentor. If you ask somebody to be your mentor, let me tell you, the guy that you're asking probably has a, a full plate. And he's got a he's a man who's got it going on. And so you're asking him to mentor him. He doesn't know exactly what that means, but he 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 gets the idea a little bit. And you know what he thinks to himself? He thinks that's gonna require preparation. And I don't have any time to prepare to mentor you. So uh uh he's gonna be tentative about accepting that. He'll take it as a compliment, but he's gonna think he's not qualified. Mm -hmm. So the approach that you want to do is, is get that word out of your vocabulary. What you do is you go to a man whom you admire because he does something particularly well. That's why you admire him. Uh, and I don't think you need to have just one mentor. I've got several mentors in my life. And I have different mentors for different parts of my life. I mean, I've got some mentors that are really good at marriage. i got other mentors that are really good at, uh, at abiding with Christ. Others are good with their children. Others are good at work and business. So find somebody that you admire for something, and then you just be real normal. You look at them and you say, listen, is there any way I can go to coffee with you? Can I, can I buy you breakfast? I just wanted to pick your brain on. And then you fill in the blank, business, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Christ, Christianity at the workplace. Uh, I, I, I've been watching you with your wife, man, and you, I, it just seems like it works. Can I, can I take you to, to coffee and let's talk about your marriage? Guess what the guy's going to do? He's going to take that as a compliment. You think I've got something to offer you? And he doesn't even have to prepare. So what you do then, you show up for coffee, and um, and you take the onus of asking questions. Now, if you're going to capture yourself a mentor, let me give you some suggestions here. Number one, you might want to take a note or two. Number two, whatever idea he gives you, you better try it. Because I got news for you, the, the high-capacity guy that you're asking to come into mentoring relationship with you, he doesn't got time to make your mouse around with a guy who's not got for real. So right. you need to try something. The guy says something, you say, okay, that's good. I will try that. Now, when you're done with the meeting, these are the exact words that you need to say. If you want to capture a mentor and not him not know about it, <laughs> here's how it works. You say, listen, you have no idea how important and how valuable this was to me. I really enjoyed our time. Is there any way we could meet again in three weeks? Not a month, not two weeks, in three weeks. I want to I want to uh, I want to report back to you on how this went. And uh, can we meet? And guess what? He'll do. He'll say yes. And so three weeks you show up, you uh, tell him what you tried and how it worked and get some more suggestions. And then at the end of that meeting, here's what you do. You say these exact words. You have no idea how valuable this was to me. Is there any way we could meet again in three weeks? <laughs> and if you get him to, to commit to coffee on the third time, guess what? It's done. Right. You're, you, you're just, you got this guy. And um, the burden of the mentoring becomes on the mentee who's asking the good questions, who's coming ready, who's coming hungry. And uh, you can capture yourself a mentor that way. 
you know, Robert, I, now I know I'm not ADD, but I was like, my brain is going in so many different directions because I'm like, okay, I want to ask you about this. I want to ask you about that. <laughs> but now, now uh, I do want to ask this since it's right now on my mind. Why three weeks? What's what's the magic about three weeks? <laughs> is, there, is, that, is that by happenstance you just picked that arbitrarily or is there a reason for three weeks? There's barely a reason for it. Uh, a month is just too long. You know, you gotcha. can't connect the relationship. And sometimes two weeks isn't enough to get the assignment done. Hmm. I mean, you can't do it in one week. I mean, if the guy is giving you a couple of things to implement, uh, you know, with your wife or your kids, you ain't even got started after one week. You know, a guy needs a little bit of space to try something, hmm. but he doesn't need too much space where he's disconnected and where you're saying, what, what did we talk about? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, that, make, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Now, but I, one thing I gathered from what you said, and I'm hoping that the men grab, um, just grab a hold of it, that you're saying you can overwhelm a mentor that you want somebody who wants to, you want to mentor you. You can overwhelm them by just saying, hey, I want you to mentor me. So take that from your vocabulary. But it's better to go in. What you're saying is better to go in with one specific thing that you admire about them that you want them to help you with. And that's what you invite yourself to, hey, can I have coffee with you and uh, pick your brain about that specific thing? Yes. So you're saying start with something very specific, something that doesn't require a lot of preparation on their time and doesn't demand a lot of their time that they feel comfortable and confident about sharing information with you. And like you said before, they're also going to appreciate the fact that you appreciate that in them. They're going to be flattered by that. Yes. So that makes perfect sense. I, I love that model that you're sharing with us. Now, I'm going to flip it a little bit on you now, Robert, and because you're telling us now if we're, you know, how to go out and get a mentor. Now, what if, let's say the, you mentioned that one of the relationships that a mentor can have is the Paul Timothy um, relationship. Now, let's say you're a Paul and yes. you're a person looking for a Timothy. What advice would you give us on how to cross that? You know, how, now, since you told us what not to do if we were looking for a mentor, what are some of the do's and don'ts for the Paul who's looking to mentor someone else? Think of how awkward and, and disastrous it would be for you to approach a young man and say, <laughs> I want to mentor you. He says, no. <laughs> it's weird. You want to mentor me? I don't know, man. That, I, I, don't, I can't even imagine that conversation going well. Right. You know, uh, so, so you don't want to say, hey, listen, what I do is I uh, you, you find the young person uh, and usually they're younger. Sometimes they're my age or whatever. But uh, if they're stuck, you know, it already comes out in a conversation. And so you just start talking about that. And then you say, listen, can we can we can we go to breakfast and talk more about this? And you start giving the guy resources. That's if he's already acknowledging that he's stuck. So these people are coming across your path all the time. You're having conversations with people who are sending up a little white flag saying, help, <laughs> I need help. And so you want to tune your ear for that. But on the other hand, let's just say you find a sharp young man. Maybe he's in the church or maybe he's in the youth group. Like I'm mentoring a guy right now who's, who's in college. And, um, and I'm, I'm mentoring a couple of guys right now. But what you want to do to get started is, uh, and you say, man, I'd like to get to know you better. Just that. I, you, you're sharp. I, anybody as sharp as you, I want to know your story. Right, so ask right. them to hear their story. Now, when you're with them, the, the questions are different. Uh, you get skillful in asking questions like this. You know, what, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing? If, you, if your people could just remember one thing, that's the question to ask. Right, what's the right. biggest challenge that you're facing right now? If he doesn't know, then you give him a couple of categories. You know what I mean? What's the biggest ch uh, question, uh, challenge that you're facing in your health 
what's the biggest challenge in your work? What's the biggest challenge in your in your in your 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 faith? Uh, what about your 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 family? Uh, I got news for you. If you can just He'll come up with something. Hey, what's the biggest thing that you challenge your faith? He'll give you something. And then you're mentoring right there. And you give the guy a couple of suggestions. And then you say, hey, listen, man, this is really good. I, I like getting to know you better. Can, can we do this again in three weeks? <laughs> you, just, you just, same conversation, you know. Um, it's just I want to get to know you more. I want to hear your story, how you got to be so sharp. And then you start asking questions about challenge. What's the biggest challenge? And then you offer the suggestions and say, hey, let's meet again and we'll see how it worked. So you just, it's just, anyway, I hope that's helpful. Oh, Robert, this is extremely helpful. This is so good, man. I'm, I'm telling you, this is great. And I think I know a lot about this topic, but I'm learning so much from hearing this conversation with you. And let me make sure I focus in on this and make sure we have this right. So basically the person who needs a mentor and they're reaching out, they should be the one leading um, the questions and the discussion when they meet with their mentor, this person who doesn't even yes. know they're going to be their mentor, <laughs> yes. so to speak. But also you you're saying the person who's a mentor looking for someone to mentor, the Paul who's looking for Timothy, that he yes. is to lead the discussion and the questions because he brought the relationship together and he continues to build that relationship. So it depends on so the person who is responsible for leading the relationship is the one who has asked for the meeting or asked to get together. Is that correct? Yes. See, that's just it. If I had to say anything to your audience, then that is you cannot become passive about this. Right. You have to take full responsibility for the fact that you need a mentor and that God has called you to make disciples. And that means the best opportunity is to become a mentor. So you can't wait around in the world waiting for somebody to come get you. You've got to own it. And let me just run this by you real quick, Joe, because this sure. is something else. Uh the, the type of mentor that you're looking for, because I make a difference between uh, what I call, uh, you know, a master mentor and uh, and a and a eligible mentor. I don't know that I have a term for them, but let me just describe this to you. You may have heard this before in the world of education where we talk about learning. There are four levels of learning. And the first level is, is I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's being unconsciously incompetent. You just don't know. Then the next level is, is that I know that I don't know. That means you're consciously incompetent. Right. <laughs> the, the, the next level is, is that I, I, I become unconsciously competent. What that means is, is that this person, they're doing the right things. Matter of fact, they've been doing the right things for so long, it's unconscious to them. They don't even know what they know. And this is the kind of guy that you're at. He's already prepared. The guy that you want to mentor you is prepared. He just doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. He is unconsciously competent. Mm -hmm. The highest level of learning is this. It's when you become consciously competent. Now, what this means is, is when you become consciously competent, this is when you have the chance to be a master mentor. It's when you are being intentional about developing young people, uh, young people who are it doesn't matter what their age is, but their their faith is, is is young, and it needs to be grown up and matured. But let's talk about this other level, this unconsciously competent guy. Hmm. This is a guy, the, the scriptures in Proverbs says this, it says that a wise man draws wisdom out of another man. It's like, a, it's like wisdom is like a, a deep well inside of a man, and another wise man 
draws that well out. Now, uh, I don't know that you know anything about martial arts, but one of the steps in martial arts training is that uh, it's not all training. They make the martial arts student become a teacher. Now, the reason this is so important is because when you begin to teach martial arts, what happens is, is that you have to deconstruct what you've learned so that you can reconstruct it and teach it. And my point is, is that when you are getting into a relationship with a, an unconsciously competent mentor, you are driving him to consciously competent. When you ask him questions, he's going to have to start deconstructing. What is it that I do? I, I don't know. I've always done it. I, I don't, he, he's got to, he, you're going to cause him to think mm -hmm. and you will cause him to grow himself. You can actually be the catalyst of his growth, making him mature into a master. This is what happened in my life. I didn't know what I was doing. These men were asking me, Robert, will you be my mentor? And I'm asking myself, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what you guys want from me. And then God was saying, no, it's the morning routine of abiding, finding Christ. That's what these men need. You know how to do it now. Give it to them. Mm -hmm. Robert, this is so good, man. This is so meaty in what you're sharing with us. And before we transition to the man of questions, I want to go back to something else that you mentioned. And it's about this the mentor and mentee relationship. It's not really based on age. Is that correct? It, 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 it's, it's based on competency. Is that is that more accurate? Yes. The very first man that I mentored was 13 years older than me. He had been a missionary in Kenya. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. This guy's a missionary in Kenya. He's 13 years older than me, and he's asking me to mentor him. I'm like thinking, I ain't got nothing to give you, man. Right. <laughs> uh, but I did. Uh, he he saw it and he knew it. I've been in a relationship with him now for about eight years and he still calls me his mentor and I'm older than him. It yeah. doesn't always go older to younger. It's older to younger as far as maturity and uh, where you've been with your faith. You know, I can tell, I'm going to tell you, Robert, and it's probably going to bash you a little bit of how you just blessed me. Um, there's a man who reaches out to me and he meets with me, like you said, for lunch. And he kind of picks my brain about um, dealing with his kids and, um, you know, dealing with this, you know, with his faith, his wife and everything else. But I got to tell you now, I'm in my 40s. I'm 47 years old. This man is 84 years old. <laughs> and the way you just blessed me is because I never saw myself as being a mentor to him until you helped me realize that if I'm consciously competent of something that I know about and it can benefit and bless him and help him grow and abide in Christ, then I am mentoring him. Yes. We just don't call it a mentoring relationship. So <laughs> I think that not only is this blessing me by you sharing this with me, I hope it blesses all our listeners out there to think that you cannot put an age limit or I'm not old enough to mentor, or I'm too young to mentor. No, if you're consciously competent, <laughs> you're ready to be a mentor. Is that correct? You got it. You oh, got that it. Is fantastic. You can become fantastic. a master mentor at that point, man. That's when you're intentional. I know what I know, and I want. I know he needs it. <laughs> yes, yes, that is so good, Robert. So, Robert, now it is time. It is time for us to transition into what I call the man up questions. And these are five quick questions, starting with the letters M A N U P, and they just require your fearless and brutal honesty. And, Robert, I know you won't have a problem with that. So, the question is Are you ready? Let's man up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll get started right after this short break, and we'll be back with our guest, Robert Leatherwood. Do you know that no one has ever become a champion without a coach? Think about it. Any athlete who's ever made it to the Olympics, let alone won a gold medal, has ever gotten there without a qualified coach or a group of coaches. 
So if that's the case, if you're serious about becoming a champion husband, father, or leader, then my question is, who's coaching you? That's why I've officially launched the Real Men Connect 21-Day Coaching Program. My goal, to help you become the man and spiritual champion God called and created you to be. If you're going to succeed as a man of God, it's going to take faith, wisdom, and accountability. So you need a proven Christian coach, mentor, and teacher who's literally helped hundreds go from good to great God's way. I've been an award-winning educator for more than 23 years, and I've been coached and trained by some of the best in the country. So whether it's strengthening your faith, improving your marriage, growing your ministry, or even breaking an addiction, let me coach you for 21 days to help you finally get the breakthrough you've been looking for. Just go to realmenconnect.com or call 423-763-7675 for details. Availability is limited, but satisfaction is guaranteed. Okay, we're back with our guest, Robert Leatherwood, who's the author of The Parable of the Iron Man, The Transformational Power of the Mentored Life. And Robert said he is ready for the man up questions. And Robert, we're going to start with the letter M in the word man up. And the M stands for mistake. Now, we're going to look at since your area of expertise is being a mentor. What mistake did you learn the most from being a mentor? I was going to kind of go the other direction on being mentored. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> hey, we can cover that a, too. We'll start I've with that mentors, and we'll go back to that. <laughs> I've got mentors in my life and I've got ones that I'm mentoring. Uh, one of the mistakes that I've made as being mentored is not being vulnerable enough to tell the truth. Just like right, you said right. there, I've got some, I've had some struggles that uh, I didn't want to share. And uh, the mistake was, is that I had somebody there willing to help me and who was willing to invest in me. And I wasn't willing to tell them what my true issue was. And so uh, some of those relationships back in the early years, they just stalled out. They weren't even effective uh, mentoring that they could have been because I wasn't honest with them and said, hey, I need help here. Right, right. Now, and as a mentor yourself, what mistakes have you made or what was one of the biggest mistakes you learned from the most? Uh, as as a, a mentor, uh, one of the things that I can find myself doing is taking on too many mentors, too gotcha. many projects. And uh, yeah, you yeah, cannot, yeah. I mean, mentoring costs time. It costs mm -hmm. a lot of time. And, uh, you know, uh, there was one time I, I actually had six guys that I was mentoring and it was just too much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I do better when I'm, I'm dealing with one, two or three. And uh, the average man, all he needs to be in is one mentoring relationship. So too many of those, and uh, you become ineffective. Right. Now, we're going to switch it now to the A in attitude. And going back into the role of now of being mentored, if you could change one attitude in men who are being mentored, what would it be? Passivity. You know, uh, you, you, you cannot be passive about this. If you're waiting for somebody to come tap you on the shoulder and say, well, well, can I mentor you? You're going to be waiting a lifetime. I mean, that hasn't happened. It just doesn't happen. You cannot enter into passivity and say, someday this is just going to kind of fall in my lap. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it has. I mean, if you look back on your life, the average person can look back and say, well, there was this one coach. There was this one teacher. There's this one colleague. And sometimes we have a relationship like that, but these need to be cultivated for a lifetime. Right. And so we cannot become passive about it. 
Okay. So that passivity and that, yeah, because you're absolutely right. I'm thinking all the people I've mentored or been mentored by, no one, you know, yeah, you can't just sit there and wait. Nobody's ever come to me and said, Joe, I want to mentor you. I've always had to be the person who took the initiative and said, hey, will you know, will you help me? I would like to talk to you. I'd like to build a relationship with you. And to their credit, no one has ever turned me down. So you're right. You have to be active and not passive. Now, Robert, the N stands for um, next. And now you just, you know, you, you've done the book now, the parable of the Iron Man. Um, tell me, I want you to think big now. What would be the next big thing you would attempt to do for God if you couldn't fail in the area of mentoring? You know, I, I've got a dream about uh, hopefully being able to not only speak, but have some seminars hmm. and, and really kind of impart some of this information that, that's in the book and that we've discussed right here. In a seminar format, so I, my goal is to train Christian mentors. So I, I'm looking for that guy who's capable. He just needs a few tools. And so what would be my big dream? My next big dream would, would see how much God would want to multiply this ministry as far as its impact. You know, um, because mentoring needs to be coached because it's the one thing that will take people to their full maturity. And it's missing in our church right now. We need a whole, uh, you know, revival of mentoring. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more, boy. I, that's that's what I see as the need, even in my community and all across the country as I travel, is that I'm having, I'm seeing men who, like you said, a little bit passive, but also see men who want to but just don't know how, and they're not equipped with the tools to do it. So I'm in full support of what you're doing, and I'm glad that we are friends because I'm glad to try to help and serve and support you as any way I possibly can. Now, Robert, the U in Man Up stands for understand. Now, when you were being mentored, okay, what didn't you understand about being a mentee <laughs> that you understand better now? Wow. Um, you know, I I didn't understand the resource of the person that was there for me. I mean, my... I'm thinking back to one of my first mentors when I arrived in Tampa about 26 years ago. It was a man I met with twice a week. Mm -hmm. Twice a week we, we showed up for uh, for uh, kingdom stuff. We were praying. We were working through the scriptures. And we were he was building in me a, 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 a spiritual foundation. But, you know, he made some suggestions to me because he was a master mentor. I got captured by a master mentor. I was one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. he, was, he knew what he was looking for. He was looking for me. He captured me. And, uh, and I didn't follow through on a number of his suggestions. I was just too immature. Hmm. And uh, I didn't value the input. I look back on some of the conversations and I thought, you know, why didn't I just trust the man? I was lacking courage. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know how else to answer that other than that. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah. that is huge. So not taking advantage of the resources that were presented in front of you. It's no different than... Yeah somebody giving you a blank check and you don't cash it. <laughs> exactly what was happening. I did some wow. of that. I didn't give enough credence to my mentor's uh, suggestions, even the ones that weren't so spiritual. You know what I mean? He was, just, he was my spiritual mentor, but he was making some practical suggestions in my life. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I followed a number of his suggestions, but there was a whole bunch more that, that I left on the table. Right. And Robert, you mentioned earlier too, that I thought was so great about how, when you said, when I want to meet back with you in three weeks to let you know how I'm doing, that it is so vital 
for the mentor and mentee relationship that you encourage your mentor when you do follow through and you follow their advice and you are producing fruit and you're producing results that encourage them to want to continue to pour more into your life. Is that correct? Oh, yes. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. So for any reason at all, that's one reason why you need to heed their advice and take advantage of what they're offering. Now, the last letter is P and it stands for problem. And as a mighty man of God, which you are, Robert, I want to know what problem, even as a man today, that you struggle with? You know, um, probably two things. And you asked for one, but two. But you know what? I've been married 30 years. That's the single greatest challenge of my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I still need uh, mentors uh, to guide me right there. You know what I mean? Uh, That's just real. You know, I, I, sometimes I, you know, somebody's out there saying, well, you know, how can you mentor? Or you might, somebody might say, you don't got your whole life together. I don't have my whole life together. Mm -hmm. I don't. (laughs) And I, I, I never will have it all together. And I've even talked to my mentors about it. I said, am I qualified to mentor? They said, Leatherwood, if you're not mentoring, you are, you're in the wrong, man. You got to be, you got too much to offer. Right. But uh, so my biggest challenge is trying to be the man of God to my wife that uh, God called me to be. And that's that's still the main struggle. The other one is still maintaining a living communion with God. And uh, that requires daily work. And uh, and I'm after it every day. But I'm telling you, just it's not, it's still a struggle. If somebody would say, you know, I've been getting up early for about eight years now. I got a morning routine and uh, it's supposed to be easier. Well, Joe, guess what? It's not easier. <laughs> Everything in my life wants to blow me off course and yeah. steal that time. And I have to protect it. And it's still a struggle to protect it because it is my lifeline. I've got nothing to offer other than that. Robert, I tell you, it's, and thank you for your, your honesty and your transparency mm-hmm. and being so open with our listeners. And it's so important. That's why I put the man up questions in there. Because we, anyone from the outside looking in could say, wow, look at this man. He's married to a beautiful woman, have a beautiful family, and he's married 30 years. He has it all together. But I want them to know that even when you seem to have it all together, you don't. And you still need to be encouraged. You need, still need to be supported. You still need to be mentored, as you just said. So think yeah. about that. You've been married for 30 years, and you're still saying you still need to be mentored. So yes. that's, that is a blessing to all of us out there who are listening, because you never get to a point where you said, I've got it made now. I can just rest and coast for the rest of my life. It doesn't work that way. So I'm glad you shared that with us. You bet. And guys, we've reached the end of our program today. And I got to tell you, I am so thrilled with having Robert on the air today. Robert, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for uh, leading the way and, and for Real Men Connect. You are God's using you uh, to start up a whole movement. And, and I'm glad I can be a part of it. So thank you, sir. Well, thank you. And I hope that he does uh, continue to use me in such a way because I, as much as our listeners are being blessed by this, so am I being blessed. And Robert, quickly for our listeners, if they wanted to find out more about you and the ministry and the work you're doing with uh, mentoring and training mentors, um, how can they contact you? Excellent. The best way, well, I want to put in a plug here for my book too. Listen, the book is going to be published. Be looking for it here in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, again, it's the, uh, the parable of the Iron Man. Uh, uh, the transformational power of the mentored life. If you want to uh, find me, uh, look for masters-class.com. Masters-class.com. That is the uh, website for uh, the mentoring class that I do. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. Masters-class.com. Look for my coming book, The Parable of the Iron Man. And uh, 
I just want to encourage everybody to get a hold of that because all the things that we talked about today are in the book. Fantastic. <laughs> that is great. And Robert, what I'll do is I'll make sure we put that in the show notes and any other contact information, whether it be your email address or how they can reach out to you, uh, because I definitely think they should get a copy of that book and we'll let them know exactly when it's being released. We'll probably announce that on another episode when your when your episode airs. And to all of you out there listening, thank you so much for listening, because without you, um, there will be no Real Men Connects. We thank you for your support your continued loyalty to our program and for sharing our program with other people. And please do us a favor. And this is so important. Take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.